Back to Big Red Birdies with Lindsay Teal and Megan Whitaker on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Big Red Birdies here on 93.7 The Ticket. I'm Megan Whitaker here with Lindsay Teal, and it is time for our final segment. Yeah, we actually haven't talked much this year about um, the mental game and all the stuff we've learned, but we've got quite a bit to share today. We do, yeah. We've we've worked on this a lot this year. I would say this is the most um, improvement I've made with my mental game ever, and definitely the most that we've learned and taken in um, and are still working on. I feel like we've only scratched the surface yeah. <laughs> for what we can work on and improve on, but it seems to me like the more... Like, the more we learn and the more we become accustomed to it, the more I realize how important it is for golf. And it's just something I think that completely went over my head when I was younger. And honestly, even in, like, high school and the beginning of college golf, I just didn't think about it as much. But now that we've tasted a little bit of it, I can see just how important it is and how so much of golf is mental, really. Mm -hmm. And the great golfers, that's what they're good at. Yeah. Yeah. I think the the biggest, I don't know about the biggest, but one of the the things we've worked on the most has been visualization. Yeah. Yeah. Um I I actually didn't do this really until August of this year where I truly saw the shot before yeah. I hit the shot. I'm the same. I <laughs> had never and I told so like like we said this is kind of something our coaches came into this year as like our big focus and they just wanted us to be able to see the shot before we hit it Mm -hmm. um and be totally confident in that shot that we were seeing and like our coach's big thing is letting the shot create the swing Mm -hmm. instead of the opposite which a lot of us came in thinking which was letting our thinking about our swing and letting that create the shot um so we should kind of flip that around and I was telling her like after a few weeks like I don't even know (laughs) what was going on in my brain or like what I was thinking about before shots, before I started doing the seeing the shot thing. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> if I wasn't thinking about or seeing how I thought my shot was going to go, I'm not sure what all that time was used for. It's just interesting. I just didn't even realize that though until I knew mm-hmm. and started doing visualization. Yeah. I think it's like, it's seeing the entirety of the shot that was the part mm-hmm. for me I think I always saw the beginning of okay it's gonna start yeah just right of this flag and draw back into the yeah, flag yeah. but actually seeing the whole shot how high it's gonna go how it's yeah. gonna come into the green where you want it to land where you want it to release how all of that I had never even thought of I yeah. don't think except for except for maybe chipping but yeah anything besides chipping I had never done that even with driver where is this going where is this landing where is it yeah go, you know rolling out to and something that we've also worked on is, and that we've gotten better, I think, with practice is seeing it, we talk about like seeing it in real time um, and being able to actually visualize the ball in the speed that it would actually go on a real shot yeah. and how that looks instead of like, I think it's really easy to just do it super quickly. Like, oh, I think it's going to look like this. But we watched that video. There's a video um, of Tiger where they... I don't remember what tournament it was. You probably I think it, know. it was the Masters. Uh, what year? I don't know. Some Masters where he chipped in. and <laughs> I think he chipped in from <laughs> I behind. The, I don't remember the he year. He chipped in from behind 16 or 17 green. It was an un- yeah. He was like right up between the, the fringe and the collar. Yes. Like quite a bit long. And yes. it looked like he had no shot of getting it up and yes. down. And then he made it. Mm-hmm. And we, so we watched this video when 
our coaches were teaching us all this stuff about mm-hmm. visualization and he was so locked in on that shot and you could see his eyes were moving so slowly up and down like they were watching in his head how he thought that shot was going to go and he did it like multiple times and I think that was the first time I realized like oh I haven't been doing that right Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like this is this is how Tiger does it and like his eyes were just moving so slow and you could actually see them like moving up and down like he was just so locked into how he knew that ball was going to go and then he made the chip and I'm sure it looked exactly like he yeah. Had in his head. <laughs> was he wearing red? Was that his red polo? Was yes. it a Sunday? Yes. Yeah. Okay, I think I know the, the shot day, you're talking. It was yeah. an insane shot. Insane. I know what you're talking about. But now, he yeah. took he took like so long. <clears throat> yeah, real time. Before but like four mm-hmm. times that because I think he probably watched it go in or you know yeah yeah multiple times and yeah. you could see that too like his eyes would follow where he thought he was going to land and then his eyes would like slowly follow it to the hole. It mm-hmm. was incredible. So I think that. Seeing that was really cool, and I think it kind of just put everything... It made everything kind of click. Like, okay, this is what we're going for. It's okay to slow down, and that whole see-it-in-real-time thing just kind of clicked. Mm-hmm. I've noticed the most with the real-time for putting. Yeah. I haven't done it as well with chipping, but I think we've we've talked a lot about, even with putting, where is this ball going in in the hole? Yeah. Is it going straight in? Is it coming in from the right side? Is it coming from the left side? How high is it coming in? How long is it going to take for this putt to get to the hole? And actually thinking about all of that helps me put a more confident stroke on it yeah. because I don't just walk up and yeah, I think this is right edge. It's like, okay, well, is this coming in at yeah, three yeah. o'clock or four o'clock or five o'clock at what speed? Is it dying speed? Is it, you know, going to roll can, out another foot? Yeah. And then you can kind of see the whole path of the ball too, yeah. which makes sense. Like a lot of times what I used to do is just pick out a spot. Like, okay, I think it's going to roll over this spot halfway or whatever. But I would never think about the whole path of my putt. Whereas if I would have done that, I could have seen that it was not actually going at the hole. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I would always just be like, oh, that looks like a good spot and it's going to break in at some point. But I never knew at what point Mm -hmm. it was breaking in or anything like that. Um, Something that our coach Jeannie, when I first started doing this, what she helped me with, she told me to just pick out something in my head like, whatever I wanted to see or whatever my brain wanted to see, like a railroad track, or I decided on the yellow brick road, but I changed it to purple because that's what my mind saw. (laughs) (laughs) And so she just worked with me. She's like asking me, okay, do you see like railroad tracks or a yellow brick road? And I was like, oh, yellow brick road, but it's purple. (laughs) So I went with that. And so now that's like what I see. you see a purple brick road every time you putt. I do. I do. Yeah. And it makes it very vivid for me in my head because I can just see it along that and then I try and see it in real time and at first it was and she told me like this is going to come with practice being able to see it in real time but at first it was just broken up into like little pictures Mm -hmm. like I would see the ball here and then like three feet further three feet further but since I hadn't done it a lot it was really hard for me to see it rolling smoothly the whole way to the hole um but I will say after practicing it for a few months it's getting easier now Mm -hmm. to see it smoothly so yeah I I've noticed the biggest difference for lag putting for me because I think I just always assumed oh yeah that's that's high enough I can you know on big breaking putts but now it's I try to divide it up in like thirds or quarters and okay where does this last putt need to be coming in the final 25 percent of the putt for it to still be coming into the hole and it's like twice as high (laughs) as I would have played it because there's just that much break but I think, you know, if you don't see the entirety of the putt and you just see the first two feet, you, you don't have a full sense of what the putt's going to do. No. Yeah. You can get to the second half of the putt and you're like, oh, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. And I think like, 
I mean, some of the courses we play on have a lot of those weird putts with double breaks and stuff like that. But I even think about like the courses that the pros plays or like you think about Augusta and it makes sense to me now the complexity of those greens and how you have to be visualizing mm-hmm. your putts because you could be toast if you're only seeing, I think it's going to roll over this spot right here. <laughs> yeah. And then totally wrong. Yeah. 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 So I can see how it'd be super important for that. Yeah. So we've had, as a team, we've really, I think we've really bought into that well. Um, and a lot of our mental practice has been centered around that and just learning about it and learning how to do it. Um, and just becoming comfortable doing it because, mm-hmm. Like, I will say the first time I did it, it felt weird. It didn't feel right. You know, like, all of it was just very different. Um, but being able to practice it before we put it to use in tournament, I mean, it did pay off. Um, mm-hmm. But it was just, it was good to have a little bit of practice with it before Yeah, bringing it to competition. Yeah, even before the Wisconsin tournament, I didn't feel great after the practice round about my swing. And Jeannie came up to me after the round and said, well, you know, the best way to avoid swing issues and still hit the ball well tomorrow is to just visualize yourself playing great overnight and then to mm-hmm. visualize every shot tomorrow before you hit it because if you tell your mind you can do it and if your mind sees it it doesn't know the difference yeah um you know between actually doing it and, and what your mind just sees and so I did visualize that whole night going through the round and then the next day before every shot I told myself yep this is what it's going to look like this is what it's going to do and sure enough it did I don't know where my swing was that day but I got the ball to go where I wanted, I think just with visualization and it paid off so much. I, I couldn't believe it because in the practice round, I was spraying it everywhere and then just visualization alone helped control the, you know, control everything. Yeah. And that's a perfect example of what our coach tries to teach us with seeing the shot and letting that create your swing because your swing, you probably didn't feel very confident about and you didn't really know where it was at, but seeing your shot beforehand just led into the swing, like your body knows yeah. Our, which our bodies is crazy. have swung enough that they know if our brain's telling it to do something, the body knows how to do it, whether we're thinking that way or not, which yeah. is insane. But yeah. Yeah. Cool stuff. Yeah. It is. <laughs> Was that kind of awkward implementing that visualization? Yeah. Because, well, Megan, you said you used to do it a little bit, but maybe not quite to that extent. Mm-hmm. And then, Lindsay, you said you don't know what you're doing. Before. I don't know. I can't actually <laughs> remember what was going on in my head before I tried to do this. But yes, when I first started it, I think the biggest thing I noticed was I felt like I was just taking so long, mm. like standing behind the ball in my pre-shot routine. Like the, I felt like, I don't think it actually increased in time by a lot, but it felt to me like, well, I'm probably holding people up. I need to speed this up or like, wow, this is taking a long time. Um, but I think that was just because I had never done that before. And so actually taking the time to do it felt long to me, but I don't think it really is. I haven't noticed. Mm-hmm. No, I think it just gives us a bigger purpose in our pre-shot routine of thinking about where you want the ball to go instead of where you don't want the ball to go yeah at least that's what I've noticed is I'm standing over an iron I'm looking at it flying onto the green and ending wherever I want in relation to the hole instead of looking around and seeing the bunker in the water and all the other things it's just like a lot more like like we saw with the video with Tiger very focused in on the target and how you're getting the ball to the target yeah which makes sense because then there's really no headspace for thinking about what you don't want Mm-hmm. Like if all of our energy and if all of our focus is going on seeing our shot and that pr- that line that we want to the hole or to our target, there's not a whole lot else for like, oh, but what about the water? Oh, but what about the sand? Oh my gosh, what if I go long? Like mm-hmm. there's just not a lot of room or time because our whole pre-shot routine and that 45 seconds or whatever we get for it 
is all focused on what we want to happen, mm-hmm. which is great. That's it is designed it so is. well. <laughs> it really helps us. What about, um, obviously that's all, if it goes perfectly, that's what we want to happen. The visualization and then being able to reproduce a shot. Um, but what about like interruptions or distractions in our pre-shot routine? Because those do happen. Mm-hmm. I think it, they're a lot more common too than everyone thinks. I think it just, it comes, I mean, there's always people that honk on the side of the road yep. or, you know, <laughs> something moves or a tree branch falls or whatever. Um, but one thing we've focused on a ton as a team is if you either lose your commitment level or a distraction happens, step off yep. <laughs> and restart your whole pre-shot routine again. Yeah. Which Which is is, hard. It's very hard. And I've noticed that like a lot of times it's my own pride, like not wanting to step off or my own pride thinking that I can like, as I'm standing over the ball, oh, I can push that out of the way and Mm -hmm. like get my focus back or whatever. Or even just thoughts of doubt of like, okay, I'm standing behind the ball. I see how this shot's going to come in. I have my club. I have my distance. And then I stand over the ball and something in my head is like, oh, but what if it's my eight iron and not my seven like in that instance instead of trying to like fix that as i'm standing over the ball we work on backing off no my seven iron is the right club i've done the math whatever and then stepping back to it um yeah for me though distract like even sometimes the wind can be a distraction just the sound of it like when you get put in a situation i guess i noticed that a lot more um in those few rounds we've played where the wind has been super high mm-hmm. just because that we haven't played in that a lot since maybe like last spring, early summer. Um, so even that, just the change in like my surroundings as I'm setting up with my pre-shot routine took some adjusting too. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, there's wind in my ears that's interfering with like some of my thoughts and my clarity. And it just took me like a little bit more time to refocus mm-hmm. and make everything clear again. Mm-hmm. I think the conditions add a lot to that because I noticed that even in Kansas, I was stepping off a lot because I would pick a club. Yes, there's wind. And then you stand on the tee and all of a sudden it seems like the wind just stopped. Yeah. So on a par three, then I would, oh, well, is there, yeah, is there wind up there or not? Because I don't feel anything. Or, you know, the other way around you, you feel all this wind and then it just, you know, it stops or it just, yeah, those conditions for sure can mess with your head a little bit. So it's important. Like like we've talked about the step off of it. Yeah. Yeah. We also keep track of, um, in our stats after each round, what we call the mental scorecard. And that's been really interesting to see the trends of that. Basically after each shot, we either get a check mark or not a check mark of whether we were fully committed and clear with that shot. Um, and then, yeah, by the end we can always, we can see the percentage of for that round, what our mental scorecard was. Yeah. Which has been a pretty cool stat to see. Those check marks kind of correlate with good rounds? Um, or I would say... put them together yet, side by side? I would say yes. Like, the higher... Yes, for that's sure. A, that's a kind of a good idea, to have those check marks then go back on the round after and being like, sure enough, those check marks, I did way when better on those holes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Typically, at least what I've found is if I make a bogey, I normally yeah. don't have all, if yeah. on a par four, I don't have five check marks after it. Okay. There was some doubt at some point. Right. That mm-hmm. whether whether it was doubt off, like, is this an eight or a seven iron? Or standing over the ball, oh, don't do this. Or, you know, yeah, something yeah. else creeps in. If that happens, then no check mark. And so yeah. I've noticed that typically I can go back through the round, oh, the 14 times I didn't have a check mark, it led to, yeah. unless you can somehow save save your approach shot with an up and down or something, mm-hmm. it normally it correlates. Correlate, yeah. 
what's the I'm blanking on the percentage that um our coach says a good I think 85 percent okay I was gonna say 80 but yeah or 80 to 85 yeah I think if we're above 80 percent that's normally pretty solid which I don't know if I've gotten to yet not yet I don't think so yeah maybe once I've had I had a few this year like 84 percent okay yeah that's very good she said she's had, I think, one player in all her years of coaching have 100%. Yeah, for one round. One round. Like it just I believe it. There's so many things that can happen. Because so what you were saying with the wind, the wind always throws me off. If yeah. I hear a gust of wind, I don't know if I should stop yeah, and yeah. wait for the wind to stop so yeah. I can quick hit it. But then you're just rushing your shot. So yep. like that, I, I could never give a green check mark on a windy day. It'd just yeah. be impossible yeah. for me. And it's, even putting. I mean, it's like you've got to stand over that and go, this is right edge, mm-hmm. this is right edge. I'm trusting it. I'm going with it right edge the whole time. No doubt of, oh, should I, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's hard. Been, it's been very humbling. Like, I, 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 even just from the beginning, and I feel like the first couple times I did it, my mental scorecard was, like, pretty high, but I think it's because I wasn't fully understanding. I, I wasn't. Like what fully committed. What fully committed yeah. is. And the more I've done it, in the beginning stages, I would see my mental scorecard go way down because I would just start to notice so many more things that right. were coming into my head as I was standing over a ball. Um, since then, it's kind of came up a little bit just because I am more comfortable with it and I can pick that out a little bit easier. But it's very humbling. There's a lot of times where I hit a shot, I immediately know that it's not a mental, score, a mental check mark. And then I'm like, oh, why did I do that? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. So we've learned a lot with mental practices this year. But thanks so much for being with us, you guys. We'll be back next week after Miami. Um, have a great weekend. This is Lindsay Teal and Megan Whitaker here on Big Red Birdies at 93.7 The Ticket. Have a good night.